0: Okay, so a few weeks ago we started the, well, the Real Jesus Please Stand Up series. Apparently, um, it deals with a show from before I was born, um, or before I have memory, I don't know, where there was, at the end of the show, they would say, but the real person, please stand up. I don't know. I hear it, and I hear
1: our rap song, so I'm just (laughs) saying.
0: That's what I hear. Uh, But anyways, well, the real Jesus, please stand up. It's based on the I Am statements of Jesus throughout John. And we started with the original I Am statement at the burning bush with Moses. And how God said, I am in control. I am in control, is what God said. And then we moved to Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Where we learned that he is our hope for the world. And this week, we're continuing that series. The passage uh, today starts out um, in a part of, with a passage Aaron preached on earlier this year. The feeding of the 5,000 men plus numerous women, and children. The crowd had been fed in this miraculous way. And when they find Jesus the next day, he confronts them. He says, you are just looking for another meal. You don't understand what the signs are saying. (coughs) Side note. (laughs) We'll move over here. The miraculous signs that Jesus was performing, was saying... Jesus was sent by God. Jesus was God. Mm. That's what they were saying. Okay. So, they don't understand that. They just want another meal. And and the crowd comes back and says, teach us how to do what you did. Mm. And Jesus says, all God wants from you is that you believe in the one he sent. So the crowd then comes back with, give us a sign so that we can believe in you. Because the sign you did yesterday is so yesterday. (laughs) Moses gave our ancestors manna in the desert. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And notice that Jesus corrected the people on who provided the bread from heaven. Because they said Moses did it. Um. And he said, "Um, no, again, God was in control. God did it. And then he says, I am the true bread from heaven. Mm. It was just a foretaste. That manna was just a foretaste of me. So I want to look at the scenario of the manna for a moment. We're going... Um, it's in Exodus 16. You, I mean, the main passage is John, so keep your finger there. <laughs> but we're going to go to Exodus as well. Then John, uh, then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I am going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening, you will have meat to eat. In the morning, you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw, what is it? Which is what manna means. They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. And those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then, it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food, morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much As usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning... The leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, Eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day, dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days on the Sabbath day. You must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white, like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it it for your descendants. The later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Mm. The manna was a daily supply of the people's needs. No more, no less. It symbolized the provision of God for his people. And in that provision, he also provided a day of rest. So while still providing for their needs. So he said, okay, there's this amount that you can take on a normal day. There's this amount you can take on a day before rest. Okay? So he knew to provide for them even on their day of rest. And the Israelites would have known this during their conversation. They would have known, because they were taught Moses. Like, and that's why they, they brought it up. They brought it up the fact that Moses was the one uh, you know gave them bread from heaven and um, because in chapter 16 of Exodus at the beginning it talks about how the people were complaining against Moses and Aaron because they weren't happy with how they were you know what was going on and Moses and Aaron go you're really complaining about God because it was God. God's the one that's doing this. God brought you out of Egypt, not us. And um, and so apparently the Israelites had a hard time realizing that just because Moses was the leader doesn't mean that Moses was the one in control. Um, and they still had that in Jesus' time. And Jesus, there were a few things that he was thinking about when he was talking about the manna and bread as well. Um, The first temptation of Jesus after he was baptized, when he was fasting in the desert for 40 days and nights, was, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread so you can eat. Mm. And Jesus quoted scripture uh, to combat that uh, that was from Deuteronomy 8 3. It says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So he's thinking about how God. God's word, the words that God speaks, is, our, is what, our, what sustains us. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but he was also thinking about, in the future, how there was going to be a Last Supper when he would break the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. When he put the elements of communion in place, he was thinking of that during this time too, as he talks about, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood um, in chapter six of John. So he was thinking of that, but he was also thinking about how his flesh and blood would atone for our sins. He knew we, he was going to die. He knew how he was going to die. And he knew what his death would do for us. So, thinking on these things, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. So So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. It sounds kind of gross. I'll be yeah. honest. Um, and I thought, like, it, it talks about how the people had a really hard time understanding this and how they thought it was a really hard teaching and so they stopped following him. Uh, several people, most, a lot, a, a big crowd of people stopped following him after that. Um, and I originally thought, it's because of cannibalism, hello, they were like, that's disgusting, we're taught not to eat you know, eat people. Like, that is biblical, not to eat people. <laughs> um, Old Testament biblical. And, um, And so, that's what I thought, right? But I read the scripture in John, and that's not what they were complaining about. They were going, how can we eat his flesh? How How can we consume him? He's a person. Like, how are we supposed to eat this? They just didn't get it. So, I'm going to just point something out. John starts out in chapter 1 saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god. The word was Jesus. Talks about how the word came down and was with us. Mm-hmm. It was Jesus. So we are supposed to as, you know, as Jesus said The Word of God is your substance, you know, is what sustains you. Sustenance. (laughs) Um, It was Jesus. Mm. Jesus is the Word of God. Mm. And I want to emphasize that and point out the fact that the Bible, we call it the Word of God. It is not Jesus. Okay? Um, It is God's message to us. It is God speaking to us. And we can get valuable information from it. Absolutely. We can get into his presence from it. We can learn about God and learn about Jesus from it. But Jesus is the word of God. And I make that distinction because... In Islam, the Quran is also the word of God in their thought process. And it is a holiness that is God. That is not the Bible for us. The Bible is how God speaks to us. It is not God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God's word. So... One of the ways that we can eat the flesh and drink the blood, as gruesome as that sounds, is to spend time daily with God. Hear his words. Yes, that means the Bible, to spend time in the Bible um, and apply it to our lives. But also just through prayer and devotions because we believe that God speaks through people nowadays, too. Mm-hmm. Right. He, yeah, he didn't stop speaking. <clears throat> so we can find God's word in devotionals, too. Another way we can do it uh, is by believing in Jesus and the sacrifice he made. Right. Believing Jesus is God and he died for me. His death saved me. Another way is by participating in the sacrament of communion when you get the chance. Apparently, we we can't get supplies right now. Um, But when you get the chance, participating in communion is another way to remember that we are with God in that moment. And something happens that we don't know and don't understand. Something happens that puts us at the Last, uh, last Supper table with Jesus. And puts us in the banquet halls of heaven at the same time. Mm-hmm puts us with all of the believers as we commune with God through bread and juice or wine. Thanks. And also, um, we Jesus provides for our daily needs. That's something that I, you know, is when he says, I am the bread of life, he's not saying, I am the bread of life for you, and I'm going to give you everything that you need for you know, the rest of your life. He says, I'm going to give you what you need for today. Mm. And the extra that you might have, some people have extra, is to be shared. He provides for us physically I can I know like it's hard to explain but as somebody who has struggled to make bills that make ends meet and bills paid and has struggled with keeping a job and all of that I know very well how much God has provided for me to you know to pay those bills how God has Provided for me so that I can eat. So that God, you know, that God has provided for me so that I can pay my car insurance. Um, so that I can have a job <laughs> um, and get to the job. Um, he provides for us physically. Um, he provides for us emotionally. Again, I can relate to this because. I was blessed or cursed or however you want to say it <laughs> with depression in my early 20s and it lasted, right? And every day, every, every day, I sit there and I go, How am I going to make it through the day? I, I literally text my sisters every morning saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to do this. I don't want to adult. And they go, you can do it, Kristen. And I go, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. And God gives me the strength to do it every single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Provides for us spiritually as well. That's another part of this passage. He provides our salvation. He provides a way for us to live with Him forever. He is our spiritual provider as well. He's the one that can help us fight temptations for our daily needs. I was reminded. That one of the temptations, you know, people with addiction, they, they struggle and they have to do day by day, just like people with depression have to do day by day. Um, but sometimes it's minute by minute. And so God provides for us minute by minute as well. fact, Jesus taught us to pray for our daily needs. You know, he provides for those daily needs and he taught us to pray about it. He taught us to say, give us today our daily bread. Mm-hmm. So give us what we need today. Whether that be physical bread or forgiveness, the ability to forgive others, the ability to fight temptation. He gives us what we need for today. So what do you need today? Mm-hmm. honestly you don't even need to know what you need today because God knows he knows what you need he knows how much you need so are you depending on him for your daily needs are you trying to store up some of his provision that he's given you now so you can have it for later Which I have a really hard time with that because I also know financially speaking, you should save for a rainy day and you should save for retirement. Okay. So when I think of how God provides a lot of it, you know, like because we need money, a lot of it seems to be money-wise, right? Like how does He how does He bring the money in, (laughs) right? Um, And so. I have an issue with the fact that i'm like but it's for what he gave us now Mm. and yet it's not how we're supposed to deal with finances or maybe it is and but we do believe that god provides for our daily needs and that the extra is supposed to be shared. Mm. So I want us to just take a moment and close our eyes. <coughs> and I want to speak to people who may have may not have believed in the past or believed before. Are you ready to believe that Jesus is God, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus loves you, and that he is able to provide for you? Do you want to know what the true bread from heaven is tastes like. If you're on site, and you feel like you are one of these, just... carefully raise your hand. No one needs to know except me. (laughs) Um, And I'll share, you know, prayer with my uh, dad. If you're online, you can message the church and let us know um, that you want to know more about Jesus let's pray Lord we surrender our control to you it's only fake control anyways we know that you are in control. And we know that Jesus is God <clears throat> and that you sent him to us for us for the, to sacrifice his life so that we may know you. And Lord We ask that you help our unbelief. We believe a little, help us believe more. Lord, I just pray that you will bless the people who feel called to you right now. Let them know your presence. Give them just a taste of how sweet you are. And I would like us all to end with the Lord's prayer. It's going to be on the screen. So if you don't know it by heart, you can open your eyes and look at the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That last part is... It was too long to fit on the slide. Oh, well, the last part actually is... um, the For yours is the kingdom and power. That's in the King James Version. Not the NIV version, but I added in it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we know that Jesus provides for us. We are sent <clears throat> to tell people mm-hmm. that He provides for them as well. Mm. So, you are sent. I'm i go back there.